folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm James Rathbone. Happy New Year! Happy New Year. We made it. If you're listening to this, we made it. Yeah. You know, we... Yeah. 2020, what a terrible year. The worst. You know? In my life. Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I would say... Uh, it's not my it wasn't my worst year in terms of like where i was at in it because luckily being you know in my 30s now i have got my shit together more so than i I did when i was 21 or Mm -hmm. 20 Mm -hmm. but uh in terms of i think like my objective sort of surroundings and the feeling like around me yeah it is the worst year yeah i would say so too i guess you know um yeah, not to be too self-centered about it. Like when no, I was be, be self-centered about when it. When I was like, you know, in like a, a sad university student, like not able to afford whatever and dating bad people and stuff, like that was a, you know, kind of a that was a lousy time. Yeah. But I didn't lose a, like a close friend like I did that, you know, this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the just general fear and anxiety that was, you know, throughout so much of the year, so many of the people who, who I feel like so many people I know lost someone mm. this year, not even necessarily related to COVID. Yeah. It's kind of a strange thing about it. There was just something in the air that was, uh, it was just, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was just difficult. It was just a, it was a, a transitionary year uh, that brought a lot of, um, you know, discomfort and unhappiness. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And there's also like the fact that you just couldn't, there was no real, you couldn't have the release of socializing like we, mm-hmm. like we used to. Mm-hmm. You couldn't like go to a party yeah. Or, like, you know, go to a restaurant, even. I mean, you could for a while, but, like... Yeah, for the first two months. Yeah. I mean, in Toronto, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, some of you guys are listening... From Wuhan? From... You're probably... You're having a great time yeah, there, actually, from what I've seen. You're back up. You're yeah. back up. Shout out to all our listeners in Wuhan. You know, people in Australia. How are you guys doing? Yeah. But also, like, our our, our American uh, <laughs> listeners. Well, they're, they're just going ham. They're yeah. just, like... They're, 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 they're socializing more than before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shout out to all our American listeners who are uh, staying home. But also, shout out to all the ones taking risks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, I I respect your both sidesism yeah. there, but... Um, yeah. Well, what about personal liberty, though? I believe in that, but what if you're spreading the disease? To I'm people? talking about personal liberty. <laughs> well, in that case, do whatever do whatever makes you happy. In that case, yeah, but, um, yeah, that's that's the rule. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy. It's funny talking to. I've been talk, talking to my parents about it. My mom is like she's following all the rules because uh, luckily my mom's not on Facebook, so she doesn't know about the, the anti-vax movement. She's mm-hmm. just like doctors tell me to vaccinate, I'll do that, you know. Right. <laughs> and like, and she watches the news and stuff, so yeah, she yeah. she doesn't know. She doesn't even know there's like an anti-vax movement, right. which I love. Yeah. Because I like, but sometimes I talk to her about it, and she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, like she's like, I do wear my mask and stuff, and like I do all that stuff when I go out and go in stores and like you know i don't mind she's like but i don't know anyone who's gotten covid and i was like mom i know like 10 people mm-hmm. like like that have gotten covid and she was like what for real yeah and i'm like yeah i mean and you know a lot of people though jordan that is true that is true um shout out to all the people i know man who got covid no <laughs> i mean yes yeah, shout out to them most of them have recovered actually i think all, all of them? them all of them have recovered Hopefully. yeah all of them have recovered anyway uh what are you hopeful for in 2021 <sighs> everything yeah yeah, I mean, beyond specifically, um, uh, I, I seeing friends, uh, having fun, um, prosperity, uh, music-wise. Yeah. Uh, maybe some new Kendrick Lamar. Mm, new that Drake would be nice. coming out soon. New Drake. I'm not that hopeful for it, but hopefully, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I mean, 
You're not hopeful for it? How can you not be excited about a new Drake album? I'm excited about it, and it's, it, it loses something without having DJing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? So much of the fun of a new Drake album is just, like, the bangers on it, because every Drake album is going to have some bangers. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's the thing with Drake, is that you can reliably count on him to have at least two or three bangers per year. Yes. You know? Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Like, massive smash hits to play in a club where everyone knows all the words and is excited to hear about it. Yeah. So, like, for now, for me right now, the place I can, like, hear bangers is in my car. And playing Drake in my car... You feel corny. I feel a bit corny, yeah, you to should. be honest. You should. Yeah. You know? Like, the Heady One freestyle from last year, that one I was like, only you freestyle. I was like, okay, I can, you know, if someone, like, pulls up next to me on a bike and is like, you listen to Drake? I can be like, it's <laughs> a Heady One song, actually, sir, with a Drake feature. So, yeah. uh, excuse <laughs> you and your judgment. <laughs> That's true. But yeah. now they just see some long-haired white dude listening to Drake in, yeah. a, in a vintage Lexus. Yeah, exactly. I would beat your ass yeah, if I saw you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if I was at a stoplight, I'm like, I would, I would reach it through the window and just beat your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I, gotta, I only listen to, like, the hardest drill music I can while I'm driving. <laughs> People are like, oh, oh, okay. He's about that action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, should we get into this episode? Yeah, but first we should, we've got a bit of housekeeping. We yes, we do have housekeeping, as always. So first of all, we want to shout out to all of our new Patreon subscribers. People um, are coming through. We appreciate that. Yes. We want to continue that. Obviously, we're going to have a, a lot of these different benefits that are coming your way, some of which have already been communicated to you. One More- thing that's actually a really nice benefit that uh, is, is, you know, you don't have to contribute that much to receive, is uh, you get the episodes a day early, mm-hmm. which... You know, it was one of those things that I, I can say is, for my own podcast, there are days I would absolutely pay money to get an episode a day or uh, day The early. podcast you listen to. Oh, the podcast I listen to, yeah. uh, apart from Catch Up, which I listen to religiously, of course. Me too. Uh, but uh, yeah, other podcasts where I'm like, I got to do the dishes and there isn't a good po- new podcast today. Oh my God, I know. And and like, it's just, it's just, you got to, then you got to like kind of spend time scrolling through the archives yeah, like digging I know. in the crates that's trying to so find funny. some lost episode that's so funny and so for like a pretty small price a monthly you can you can have that it's just locked and loaded you know it's each like week. A, it's it's less than the delivery <laughs> it's like yeah. the delivery fee on an uber eats or something like that yeah you know Forget um, about it yeah, and there's there's various tiers. Obviously, like if you if you if you want to contribute a little more, you can do that. If you want to do a one time contribution, you can do that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we if, just want to. Sh- yeah. Shout out to to all the people subscribing to Patreon. If you can't support us that way, though, there are other ways you can support us. Yes. Um. You can write a review on iTunes, the Apple the Apple Podcast Even Store. If you don't really use iTunes all that much, you yes. Can do that. Like yes. if you're really a Spotify guy, such as myself, I reveal myself that other way. Yeah. Just just, just head over to iTunes. It's not gonna, not gonna hurt you anything. Us, give us five stars. Give say nice things stars. about don't, us. Don't give us anything less. I'm not gonna lie. I wrote a review for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I might have. I, I was like, have. I like that deep voice guy. I don't really like the other one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should get a new. What if they got a new? Host. What if it's just the one guy? What if it's the one guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's um, actually what my review said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but you can also make sure you're following us on Instagram. Um, we had we had one of our new listeners reach out. Who uh, wrote a really really funny message, um, and he was like, he was like, man, he's like, I heard you guys through the Metro Boom and the Spotify episode, uh, the episode that was on the Spotify playlist, and he was like, he's like, man, I'm surprised you guys don't you guys don't have more followers on Instagram. I was like, you know, it's kind of a that's kind of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> um, I'm just <laughs> he kidding. Us? I, I, yeah, he kind of he nagged us. I, I know he didn't mean to. Is it very well intentioned? <laughs> it's I was funny. Like, it's funny. I was like, I, know, he's right. 
What's that? He's right. He is right. So more people, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't follow us on Instagram, just follow us on Instagram. You get to see, uh, you know, every time we have a new episode, you you can DM us. You get to. Uh, There's really not a lot of cost there. Yeah, that's if right. You're, if you if you're so if your ratio is so dependent, you can't even just put a little catch up follow on. Yeah, like, you need to rethink things. Yeah, what's up, you broke boy? <laughs> Why are you so broke with followers like that? You can't even just throw one little one little follow to the ketchup podcast. Besides, you know, there are people who will go through, they'll, they'll see like someone they respect on Instagram and then they'll go through the people who follow them and they'll follow those people because they know they've got good taste. That's right. Who knows who might follow you for following ketchup? That's absolutely true. You know? Think about it. Think about it. Okay. Before, this episode is all about um, the very great rapper from the DMV area, uh, Rico Nasty. But before we get into Rico and her history and her career and her new album, Nightmare Vacation, we want to take a few of your questions that you guys have come through with. So we got a question from a listener, and she was like, she wants us to, uh, she said, can you guys talk about, about Lauren Hill a little bit? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Lauren Hill. Okay. Well, you know, there's something I was actually, I had been thinking about, you know, in the shower or something with uh lauren hill recently so this is sort of a a timely it's a timely question for someone for an artist who hasn't released music in uh 19 years lauren hill i mean for for our younger listeners lauren hill was kind of posed to be like one of the all-time greats in hip-hop i would say at one point like the fuji's album the score which was sort of her breakout performance uh is one of the best-selling hip-hop albums of all time uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill was uh, just a universally celebrated record. Uh, with that, that is one of the all time. Well, it's just like one of the all time great records, top to bottom, amazing. Um, you know, if if you're like say under twenty five, you might not really be aware of who Lauren Hill was, but mm-hmm. she was just a massive, massive artist in the late nineties. Man, if Lauren Hill came out today, she'd be <sighs> the biggest artist in the world. She would be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so over the last 10 years, Lauren has kind of come back into the spotlight after sort of going into hiding for a while, um, where she uh, has been performing, she will go on tours performing live shows, which have sort of a uh, mixed at best reputation. She'll reliably be late to show up. She doesn't usually perform her songs in the original style, Mm -hmm. though she'll kind of jazzy them up (laughs) a bit. And, uh, and which is kind of a mixed, a mi- I don't know. I mean, you want to hear the songs as you know them usually. It's yeah. okay if like one song I know. is done that way. But if the whole set is like, You're kind of like reinterpretations. And also there, she was late to perform. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't leave uh, really satisfying yes. in your mouth, I would say. So I remember um, in 2009... I think 2009 2010 i went to new york city for rock the bells me and a friend drove down from toronto to new york to go see what it has for me is one of my all-time best concert lineups it was wu-tang tribe called quest lauren hill and snoop dogg it's just like wow not only are those all like legends but three out of four of them are inc- incredible live performers mm. you know uh tribe Getting to see Tribe was, of course, amazing. Snoop was doing doggy style. Wow. Uh, he had like the dog pound, the surviving members of Dog Pound there. So it must have been 2010, I guess. Was it? I don't know. Anyway, 2010, I think. Uh, and, but the kind of the interesting thing that Lauren Hill, it was a Lauren Hill performance, one of her first performance. And it was like 
is since this was in New York, it was tons of celebrities there. Hmm. John Legend and early Chrissy Teigen. Wow, appearance. really? Yeah, we were really close to the stage, so we were like, "Who is that incredibly good-looking person?" Like from fifty 50- Legend or Chrissy? Who do you think? I don't know. It's Chrissy Teigen, okay. obviously. <laughs> I mean, not like John Legend is a. He is looks a, like a, what's what's that? Uh, he looks like Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he sure does anyway he's you know it's whatever I, he wasn't who I, we were looking at though like yeah. it was a distract there's an distractingly good looking person because wow. we were again we were at the front so we were, we were pretty close uh jay-z i think jay-z was there um maybe like danny glover was there or something like wow. that chris rock was there like it was like it was all celebs just lining wow. the sides of the stage wow. and you know it was it was just like a sense of of like of relief to see her happily performing these songs, even if they were mostly not in the style we were hoping to hear them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, on the drive back, because the drive to New York uh, is about, it's like somewhere between seven to nine hours, depending on how bad the border is, how bad traffic getting in and out of the cities are. Um, we, me and my friend, we listen to music the whole time. And mm. on the way back, we listened to Lauren Hill's MTV Unplugged album. Mm. And I remember my friend turning to me and just being like, Man, it was good to see how well she was doing, but I wish she had sounded more like this. Mm. And the funny thing about that is, at the time, that record was pillared by the critical establishment and like like fans to some degree, but much, much more so. Critics savaged it. Which one? The, un- the, the Unplugged album. Mm. And I, I was thinking of, so I, this, I was thinking about this all in my head. I went back and I, and I looked at it, and it's like all the old like white men. Like Robert Christgau and like all he's these, like the Godfather of, of like rock criticism. Yeah, exactly. Criticism. It's, he's he's a te- I, in my opinion, he's a terrible critic. Wow. I think he's garbage. He's probably there's probably some realm he's like great at. He probably knows like Led Zeppelin really well yeah, and has like yeah, good yeah, insights yeah. on them. But he's like re- thinks he has license to review hip hop. I know. And it's like shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. Uh-huh. And he always gets it wrong. Yeah, like, he does. Always gets it wrong. But like you know, Spin, Rolling Stone. I mean, like. I don't think even like the hip hop publications gave it particularly good reviews mm, even, but mm. like it was particularly bad in like all of the mainstream press, like newspapers, mm-hmm. like the Guardian Times. It was just panned. What was what were their issues with it? Well, she play all of like she plays these it's essentially a folk like a live acoustic folk record. Uh-huh. She talks a lot. She goes on these like kind of diatribes that are are sort of like almost poetic poetic sort of things in themselves that are like varying levels of like loose. You could say like it to not be charitable, like loot and they aren't that lucid or to be a bit more charitable. They're fairly abstract. Okay. Uh, the songs themselves are all, you know, usually when artists do like an MTV unplugged, like when Jay-Z did it or when the Nirvana did it, they will, they have a live band. So they'll do sort of new re- and like they can have like string arrangements so uh-huh. they can do like new, uh, interpretations of their classics, whereas she played all new material, and it was mm. the first time she'd ever performed a lot of it, or maybe all of it. And uh, the, she, you know, it's just incredibly intimate. It's a, like she starts; she gets very emotional while performing it. Wow. And some of the songs are really long in the style of what folk music is. Folk music can be really. If you ever listen to Bob Dylan, you know how long some of that shit can be. It's to me, it's an amazing record, uh, and it's very unique. And I would say that the its reception is the reason that Lauren Hill, she also did have some. 
sorry. That's all right. You know, uh, <laughs> Jordan got really excited and started playing some of the, the record. Um, like, like, uh, I know, I know that she also had some label issues, but um, my opinion is that like she she gave herself in like just such an intimate such an intimate like view into herself, and like the people who had no license to judge her but because they were part of the establishment at the time, like harshly rejected her most naked self artistically. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why we don't really have too much Lauren, more Lauren Hill anymore, because she tried to give it, show us this side of herself in, I think like a correct form for it. And, and that, you know, that's sort of it. It's very tragic to me. And it's also why it's so good that the, we don't have that same kind of gate style of gatekeeping anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there any song that you'd, recommend people listen to from it um yes uh i mean one of the things about this record you might recognize some of the um samples or interpretation uh that are uh are on this record because it was actually kind of influential in hip-hop in particular um there's a song uh called the mysteries of antiquity that Kanye West used a few years later on All Falls Down. Uh, go to your favorite streaming site, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, maybe it's on Tidal, who knows. Um, and go listen to the Unplugged record, Mysteries of Antiquity, but just listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Since, you're, since you're going, after you can, you can pause, catch up, come back, or wait till catch up's over, cue it up as like a thing to listen to after. Whatever, whatever suits you, we'll be here. Yes. So Sounds good. Do we have any other uh, questions you want to get into? One more from the same person. This is from um, Lacey. So we want to shout out to Lacey for coming through with these questions. Thank you very much. Um, so her next question was, uh, it's like, can you guys talk about Jay-Z a little bit? Yeah, um, definitely. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I feel like it's Jay-Z is like such an interesting case study of like what can happen to someone's public persona mm-hmm. with a certain segment of the population once you're around too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many rappers have said this, but you know, it's like they love you, they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. Mm-hmm. I think even Jay Z has said that. Yeah, but then they hate you after again. It's true. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. I think I think if you're if you're a rapper and you're around for longer than ten years, mm-hmm. you're going to go through a few different phases of how people receive you in the public eye. Definitely. And like Jay Z, who you know by most accounts is considered to be the greatest rapper of all time, or certainly in most people's top five mm-hmm. um, for a variety of reasons, just like song writing skill, mm-hmm. lyricism, um, creativity, range, range, uh, consistency like, yeah, over scope. the years. Uh, then, then you start getting into like business acumen, you know, and he's like, he's like untouchable. No one has achieved in hip hop what Jay-Z has achieved in hip hop. Yeah. I mean, like, Dr. Dre, Puffy, those are the only people. Yeah, are- I guess so. But I feel like even the way that like, you know, I don't know if Dr. Dre is getting invited to the White House. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like yeah. you know, um, I feel like Jay Z's. I think you're right in the terms of like a business sense, in terms mm-hmm. of like the actual money that they've made. Mm-hmm. But it's like I guess the difference is like Dre's business interests interests are like kind of centered in one thing. It's the Beats headphones. That's true. Whereas Jay Z has a variety of different business interests. That's true. That's Diddy has his variety as well, but most of Diddy's money has been made through lately through Ciroc. Yeah. It was Sean John at first, this, mm-hmm. the clothing brand, and now it's Ciroc. Whereas Jay Z has like fifteen or twenty things that he's like kind of 
you know, helped him get to where he is. The other thing I'd say is that, at least for me, like, I know I'm, I'm sure Jay-Z has had some shady business dealings in the past, but both Dre and, and Puffy, eh, there's a little bit of... Uh, troubling stuff in their in their in their in terms of the how they've run their businesses at times or, or how they've treated people um that i, I think jay-z has had somewhat similar charges on at points but has usually skated on them they haven't felt as substantial uh-huh. you know i would say the interesting thing with the business thing is that there that would be a point of contention for some people because of like the rise of sort of anti-capitalist sentiment mm-hmm. uh that he is now he's sort of now part of the establishment he is and you know that's what they're saying. That like the other thing about this, like the anti-capitalist movement, is like, you know, when them guillotines come, you're not going to be able to save your faves. Yeah, you know. Yeah. My young, one of my younger brothers was talking about how he he's like he went to like real estate school, but he didn't. He doesn't want to really be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just want to like you know buy my first property, then rent that out and do that. And I'm like, no, you talking about being a landlord? I was like, listen, bro, like you're my you're my family, but when them de- guillotines come, like I, I can't save you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I love him and everything, but like, you know, he made his choice and, you know, <laughs> when the anti-capitalist revolution happens, like, you know, the people are going to make their choice. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All this to say, you know, that's where I think a lot of the Jay-Z criticism of late has come. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely over the top and people need to fucking calm down about it. Yeah. Like, just like, take a chill pill, bro. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. It's, it's like another thing. It's like you you can you can have your complicated views about Jay Z, you know, for for whatever reason, you know, whether it's his deal with the NFL or you feel like he like he like he, some he the way people talk about Jay Z is as though he is a culture vulture. Like he like takes you know elements of like that they they the way that they're talking about it is particularly in relation to the NFL deal, which is like after Colin Kaepernick you know took the knee and was basically run out of the NFL. And in a very like collusion based way, all of the owners have like shut him out of getting another quarterback job and basically forcibly retired him. And then in the intervening years, a lot of artists who were asked to work with the NFL turned them down. Like, for instance, Rihanna and Cardi B both famously turned down a Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and then Travis got to end up doing it and he got a lot of heat for that. But then recently, Jay-Z signed a, a big deal with the NFL that's worth multiple millions of dollars, which we don't know the actual you know price tag on it. But part of what he was saying is that he's working with the NFL to be like more socially conscious. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some of this stuff already happen with like they brought like different elements of like unity and protests to the games and stuff. It's it's very feckless in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. like it, it you know it's something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Jay-Z's got a lot of criticism for this. But I feel like the way that people talk about Jay-Z in general is kind of disrespectful. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, I think part of it is is, is uh, kind of like a thing that, you know, I don't think this cliche exists anymore because like grandparents listen to the Beatles, like came up on the Beatles at this point. But like when we were teens, that was like an edgy thing people could say would be like the, you know, the Beatles suck. That's true. You know, this is the whole Migos are better than the Beatles thing. Yeah, which is it's like that's like the end point for that joke, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like in the nineties, people would say like the Beatles suck, and like whether you like the Beatles or not, it was mostly said to like prove a point about how edgy you were. That's true. You yeah, know, like yeah. who cares whether you think the Beatles are good or not? Like the Beatles are like the most popular act of all time, or one of the most popular acts of all time. Like if one teenager doesn't like them, it doesn't That's matter true. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's sort of, I find it sort of similar with Jay-Z where people are like, is Jay-Z a good rapper though? And it's like, well, okay, if he's not a good rapper, let's just 
say we take that presumption what is a good rapper you know <laughs> yeah, like true. like who who do you think is is good you know yeah uh like when i see like hot takes like that it's like i've saw you know sometimes you'll see people say this kind of shit on twitter where it's like Nas doesn't have a classic album or outcast doesn't have a classic album and it's like okay if you feel that way that is fine you can feel think whatever you want but like when you're putting that into sort of a public conversation you're saying that as if you can possibly you're just like you're trying to just like stir the pot and seem like you've you've got like the galaxy brain uh-huh. and it's like the we those are like the benchmarks these are the when the artist is as canonized as, as someone like jay-z is you know mm-hmm. they are a benchmark for a reason it's reasonable to go and be like blueprint three eh, it wasn't that good yeah that's it's not to say that everything jay-z made is amazing but like uh you know he had a, he had his off period i mm-hmm. think is, is is true like between 2006 and 2000. 17 when he put out 444 mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot of really great work mm-hmm. um he still did some good work for mm-hmm. sure i thought he did pretty damn well in that watch the throne album oh yes that's a great one that's a divisive album but i think Jay-Z no, has some incredible verses very on good murder to excellence yeah. you know there's there's like a lot of verses from that from that album that like are incredible yes you know he is very good on it um uh you know but like like i, I just think it's like Okay, what like people say that kind of thing. I mean, I can understand not really wanting a Jay Z verse in 2020 on like a Travis Scott song or something. Mm-hmm. Like, but even when he does those, he's never bad. It's true. I mean, the the, the one thing that really did upset me about Jay Z is when he said her breasts are my breakfast. Oh, that was terrible. I want I wanted to fight him at that point. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's when I was like, yeah, no man, fuck Jay Z. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, like, I think Jay Z's great. Yeah, you know, and I. I hear the criticism. I hear where it comes from, but it's just like, man. Once again, another situation of like with all. I think it's fine to critique him, but to go f- to to be like Jay Z's an op and like all this shit. I'm just kind of like, come off it, man. Like you know, and and with all the talk of like giving people their flowers while they're alive. I'm not saying we have to like worship the ground that he walks on, mm-hmm. but like whatever is closest to that without actually doing that is what we should do with Jay-Z. Yeah. It's like, it's fucking Jay-Z, bro. This is yeah. like one of the best technically gifted rappers of all time. And on top of that, what he's done for the genre is like, there are a few people who've done for hip hop, what Jay-Z has done and continues to do for hip hop. The way that he like, you know, if you think of the artists in his orbit, the people that are Rock Nation managed, like the Megan the Stallions, the little Uzi Verts, like the people that Jay-Z, you know, has helped get out of bad contract deals and like helped then boss up their own careers and gotten them all these like brand sponsorships and like all this kind of stuff. Even what he's done for like, you know, Jay Electronica, who didn't put out a project mm-hmm. for like all these years and Jay-Z never dropped him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just like, I don't know. It's just like, I just don't. For me, I, like I don't think he he deserves the the intensity of criticism that he gets, and I think that we should uh, we should honor him in his catalog a little more. Yeah, My, um, like all I'll just say is like if you're gonna take the tack that like Jay Z, because he's rich is bad, just keep the same energy for all celebrities and rich people. Yeah. If you, if that's how you feel, well, so you're saying like go after Beyonce. That's what you're saying underneath. It is what wow. I'm saying. I'm, wow. I'm saying go after Beyonce, go after Rihanna, go after that's true. Every single like Madonna. No, we the ghost going, of Whitney. We're, we're going after Madonna. We're yeah, we're still it. going after, after Yeah, <laughs> go after the ghost of Whitney Houston. Yeah, uh, everyone, everyone who has over five hundred thousand dollars. Everyone is over five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 
you know, because so you could have $500,000 and that might seem like a lot of money to you, but they could lose that very quickly. That's and so true. you could be, you could be like, wow, fuck that rich person. You don't know. They already lost it. Craps. Yeah. That's right. You know, but a if you hold hand in the dice game, if you got $10 million, it's going to take a little while to lose all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's send people out on, on a Jay-Z song reverse. Oh. Choose one. <sighs> Just pick. Maybe let's go. Maybe go a little old school, just to because I feel like people maybe don't know. Yeah, you know they don't remember. But like um, something from Reasonable Doubt or something like that. Yeah, you know my one of my favorite songs from that record, which is an all time record for me. It's I, I love listening to that record in sort of like just as spring is is starting because mm-hmm. it has sort of this transitionary sound to it for some reason to me that I associate with that time. Uh, is Regrets. Mm. I love that song. Okay, let's listen to Regrets by Jay-Z. I sold it all from crack to OPM In third person, I don't want to see him So I'm rehearsing with my people's how to GM From a remote location in the BM Scoping the whole situation like Metamorphic as the dope turns to cream But one of these buyers got eyes like a Korean It's difficult to read them Okay, so... The reason that we're all here today is to talk about Rico Nasty, a very, very exciting rapper from Maryland who is who just put out her first studio album, and it's kind of a, a breakout record for her. Yeah, so so Rico's situation is she was born in 1997, um, and her father was a rapper who went by the name Beware. He actually went on tour with Jadakus once, but then he went to jail for a few years. Um, anyway, by the time that he, he'd, come, he'd come out of prison, Rico dropped her first project, which is called uh, Summer's Eve, which is a feminine hygiene product. Oh. It's like a like a, a certain, I don't know, it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, just Google it, guys. It's, there, it's a feminine hygiene product called Summer's Eve. For, it's for freshness or something. Freshness. Hey, man. Wow. Hey. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> So Rico was in in tenth grade, and that was her first project. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so she's from she's from PG County in Maryland, which is like known for having some of the starkest like income equality in in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she she initially went to uh, like a boarding school, and then later went to like a public school, like a state school. And so when she went to her, her, her state, I think like, that's like sort of like how the influence of like, cause she's very like pop and like metal influence. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch her video, she'll be like wearing like a, a denim pink, like kiss jacket, mm-hmm. you know? So then, she, so she brought like her kind of like, you know, she really looked up to Joan Jett as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just reading between the lines to me, I'm like, that's like when she was, you know, in the boarding school yeah, areas, yeah. she's like coming up to the music. Then she goes to like the public school and then she like starts blending her taste of like emo punk metal mm-hmm. with like the kind of local hip hop and like national hip hop. And like, that's sort of like the Rico Nasty origin story. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and, and David Bowie, Tyler Crater, Nicki Minaj, Avril Lavigne, these people, she sort of counts as her inspiration. You can really see it. She is like kind of an outsized you know, Ziggy Stardust as persona in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a, she almost has like sort of superhero, supervillain e like persona to mm-hmm. me. You know, because she she has such crazy outfits, crazy makeup, um, and is so like in high energy. You know, she really does have a, a like such an intense rap persona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think she her career really started taking off in 2016, where she released uh, two mixtapes. So there was the Rico story and Sugar Trap. Um, 
So like part of her early rise with the, were these kind of songs that uh, referenced these different kind of like teen or like youth shows. Mm-hmm. So she had like um, iCarly mm-hmm. in 2016 and uh, she had a song called Hey, Ar- hey Arnold, which is later remixed by Lil Yachty. And like these are songs that kind of like, you know, really introduced the world to this like persona of hers, which is really feisty and fun. And once again, really melding like the rock aesthetics, you know, metal, emo, like kind of hard rock with like hip hop mm-hmm. and like very much like very kind of like punchy, like fight music esque. Yeah. It's sort of like uh Walk of Walk of Flame a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the thing is it's like it's less aggressive. You know, she like her the the, the title of Sugar Trap mm-hmm. is like that's like it's like that's like the genre almost. That's yes. like sort of what she calls the yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. Which is like to me a cousin of Little Yachty's bubblegum trap. Like, right. That's the which is what little Yachty where a lot of people are describing Little Yachty's music. So it's like because it's like it is trap music and Enrico's lyrics there's like a lot of like you know i'll punch you i'll fight you i'll slap a bitch you know yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's also like there's also a feeling of like you're not really gonna do that yeah like yeah. there was like i've mentioned this before but there was a tweet once that said which i think is very accurate that was like rico nasty makes fight music for people who've never been in a fight yes and it, that really holds true it is true <laughs> yeah um but I really love uh, some of her songs. Like one of her, one of my favorite Rico Nasty songs from the from the early days is her. Uh, she did a remix to the race, the TK song, mm-hmm. and it's called it's called uh, Beat Your Face. Yeah, uh, and it's like which is like a, a, a double entendre, a playoff of like you know to have a full face of makeup is called beating your face. Like, yeah, you, and so basically uh, she she made a, a remix of it and. Uh, she kind of combines the two. So let's actually listen to a little bit of uh, Rico Nasty's... Um, the Race Remix. The Race the race Remix. It's actually called Beat My Face. Sorry. Don't work at Mac, but I'll beat a bitch face. In a foreign car, like, do you want to race? I smoke OG, you can see it in my face. Blue honey on me, who gon' make some shake? You a dummy if they eat up off your plate. Cool. So yeah, I feel like I feel like that kind of gives you a little bit of a of a vibe to her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's sort of one of a kind to me. I don't really know that she has like a, a historical like like a rapper who I think is 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 exactly her. I mean, she takes elements from a lot of different mm-hmm. from places, but you know, whereas someone like you know, you could say like a. Uh, I don't know, like a little Uzi is was deeply indebted to Young Thug or something like that, uh-huh. and it's like his there's a really clear direct lineage. It's like with Rico Nasty, I don't really think that there is like like it's it's just a bunch of disparate disparate like uh, influences kind of all coming together to make this kind of unique sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we've mentioned this before on the pod, but in uh, 2018 we went to see both jordan and i went to see rico nasty play a live show mm-hmm. and uh it was it wasn't it was like a kind of a it was a night there was a huge storm and oh, that's right yeah oh my god and uh this is you know again still sort of early in her career but the be- part of the best part about the show was her fans yes absolutely absolutely 
Because I think even as a performer, she was still kind of like coming into her own. She hadn't really figured it out as far as I was concerned. I think she, she got really tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and um, but like the, it, it didn't really seem to matter. Like the crowd was still like amped up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, her shows are known for mosh pits. I don't really remember seeing many mosh pits that night. It was, it was like, also like all the people were the kids, underage. Yeah. They're very young and they were all wearing very elaborate outfits. And, yeah, yeah, and it was just like they were more. They were just so excited. Also, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. The, there was like maybe a small mosh pit, but it was not. You know, it's not exactly like a. Hard it wasn't an odd future show. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, no one's getting trampled. Yes, but um, yeah, and I think right away, like Rico kind of jumped out to me because I just thought, like, you know, thinking about like how a few weeks ago we were talking about Flo Millie. Mm-hmm. It's like. I feel like Flo Millie, we don't have Flo Millie in the way that we have if it wasn't for Rico Nasty. Yes, yeah. You mean, because I feel like Rico Nasty really brought, like, just like Rico in, in, in today's, like, obviously, like, Nicki Minaj and other people have done, like, the kind of really colorful aesthetic, but I feel like even the way that, you know, Rico has done it, it's a little different, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it's like, because Rico Nasty is a really, you know, she she doesn't necessarily lead with like her sex sexuality. No, you know, like it's, it's like, it's a part of her persona, but it's like her persona is more led by like kind of her, her like rage, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's kind of like rage rock vibes. Yeah. It's not like super feminine, um, in a traditional sense, Mm -hmm. which like, although it is, it's like, it it, it can be, but but I wouldn't say in a traditional way though. It can be feminine. She can be feminine. Her music can be feminine, but it's not. It's not in like a. I'm a girly girl. Like, uh-huh. like Flo Millie has like. I'm like a little princess brat. Yeah, who's yeah, also yeah. like really tough. Yeah, like Rico. Rico's like I'll punch you. But yeah, I'm also, I'm also cute. Yeah, exactly. I look cute doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I think like yeah, like in some ways her, uh, yeah, like you know, an artist who I think sort of she sort of is maybe more indebted to someone is um like. OG Macau and like yeah. that song you guessed it which I think is actually one of the most influential songs of the past 10 years. Interesting. A lot of songs borrow like I'd never really heard a song like that before. Uh-huh, same. And it has this little like kind of plinky beat. Yeah. And, dun, dun, dun. and then like like big bass drop and yeah. then the, guessed it. And yeah. the the yelly the yelly um kind of hook uh-huh. that it has is definitely very uh Rico nasty. So to me that's that is sort of Almost, if there's there, I don't think the subgenre has a name yet. But whatever that is of rap, mm-hmm. um, that's what she she is sort of uh, one of the leading figures in that world. Yeah. So I mean, at some point she uh, she like you know she kind of really breaks out. She signs to Atlantic Records. You know, in 2017, she's on the the fate of the furious, like the fast the newest like Fast and Furious album, which is like a big a big look for a rapper like Rico mm-hmm. on a song with a uh, little yachty. She releases like. The Tales of Taco Bella, where she's really kind of doing a lot of singing. She has one song that really kind of breaks through, which is Poppin', which is also featured on uh, Insecure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is a really fun song from her. Let's listen to a little bit of Rico Nasty. This ain't no motherfucking playground, bitch. We don't play around. I was wearing wigs. Think I'm moving on to braids now. Everything I do, bet she want to do it too now. Watching how I move, trying to study all the tools. But you can't. You a lame. Tell these 
Anyway, so then she she 2018 is really you know sugar in, in 20 uh, sorry 2017 Sugar Trap Two makes it to like Rolling Stone's list of best rap albums. Like she's really starting to get some of this critical acclaim. I, I I'm not sure if it's 2017 or 2018, but she's on the cover of The Fader, for mm-hmm. instance. Like she's really kind of like you know um, coming up coming up you know and. 2018 is really a really big year for her. This is when Smack a Bitch comes out, which is which is also in this album, mm-hmm. um, which is her biggest, her most successful commercially song. She's also on T and Tamara with Doja Cat. That song's oh, that's, incredible. That song this, is is like incredible. A, this is a Boosie Fade classic. Yeah, for sure. Always plays at the party. It's such a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's kind of like, you know, on the come up. And yeah. then 2019 is a year where she kind of, she releases a collaborative project with uh, Kenny Beats called Anger Management. Critically lauded. Yes. It was like one of the few rap albums on like Pitchfork's best rap albums, for hmm. example, from or best albums from 2019. Uh, she has a really, it has a really cool cover too. Mm-hmm. Um, she, so she performs at Coachella. She's on the double XL freshman list. She was on rolling it rolling loud. She's like really become like kind of a force. Mm-hmm. And like, these are all like the years that are kind of setting her up for, for this year and this album, which mm-hmm. is like, I think undoubtedly like her breakout. Yeah. And uh, um, so, yes. Yeah, so this year she, she, uh, she has a few funny things happen. She's a, uh, once again, a, a part of a insecure soundtrack, but she also has a song on the, on the Scooby-Doo soundtrack. <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, if that's a bag. Yeah, for sure. That's a bag. I remember I was talking to um, one of my friends who manages a, a major artist and he was saying, he's like, getting that movie bag, it just hits different because they pay you on, they pay you quickly right. and they pay you well. Wow. Yeah. So, like, everyone wants to get on a movie soundtrack. If you ever, like, like why the fuck would Wiz, Wiz Khalifa and Ty Dolla Sign do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song uh, for the soundtrack? <laughs> and it's weird. And they're talking about, you know. Yeah. All kinds of nonsense. Like, that bag is right. Do you remember their Game of Thrones hip-hop record? Oh, my God. Yeah. Big Boy was really involved. I never yes. listened to it. No, I, was, I mean, it's like a... It's a I, that's kind of a travesty. But it's going to be like a curio in, like, 20 years. Oh, my God. You know? Maybe it's a curio right now. It is a curio right like, now. Go back to listening to that. Yeah. Someday, we need to do a, a hip-hop soundtrack oh, it's a good episode. Idea. Because I'm, like, I consider myself a mini-expert on 90s uh hip-hop soundtracks that's interesting we yeah. should definitely do that so many big songs came out in those 90s oh my god uh soundtracks yes so anyway big year for her once again she's like she has a, a you know a slight feature in the the savage uh fenty show which is on amazon prime so she, it's like her and lizzo if to just to put it in perspective of yes. what that means yes you know yes so you know rico is has arrived and this album to me is like the real exclamation point in all this. It's like all this buildup has led to an undoubtedly great project. Yeah. So the album is called Nightmare Vacation. Uh, came out in early December. And she described this, uh, this album as a sugar trap on steroids. So, yeah, let's let's talk about this album. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, like I, I'll say with Rico Nasty, Rico Nasty was kind of before in my... I, I would say I have artists that I like uh, historic in the last few years. I've like looked to them as like a DJ and then I've looked to them as like artists I'm going to listen to on repeat kind of thing, you know? So like people who I, I might put on a playlist versus like run their albums back over and over. Mm-hmm. For me, this is her first record that I'm like, this is, I, I, I mean, just in preparing for this, I think I listened to it three or four times in a row, just like, you know, in a way that I'm like, this is, the most enjoyable work she's created and the most cohesive work. 
Um, part of it is that she shows, I think, her greatest range yeah, yeah. ever by far yeah, on this record. For sure. It does, she does some of her like classic like rage stuff as, mm-hmm. as well as she's ever done it, but she also goes into a lot, a few other really interesting directions. Yeah. She has the best, the high, I'd say this, I mean, I would say for me, this has the, the best production by far of any of her, her albums okay. and has some, some A-list production on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song that you are a huge fan of. Yeah, it's the one with the minute. It's called yeah, back, back and, and forth. forth. Um, we've already played it on an episode, so I'm not going to play it again. But I'm just going to say, like this this song to me is like there's a few songs on on this album that I'm like, this is the perfect mixture of something that sh- should appeal to a wide audience, like could be played on the radio mm-hmm. easily, and it's also like creatively very excellent yeah. and in- interesting because that song is sort of like a almost like them like these two sort of underground ish artists doing like a 50 cent style like absolute love ballad absolutely you know? that's exactly what i liked about it it's yes. so it's it like, feels retro in a way yeah exactly yeah. it's and it's and they and they pull it off perfectly also like i was thinking about this like one of the things this thing is like rico nasty is so good at like rapping about sex mm-hmm. like like her first line on this back and forth song is like He's got a smart mouth. I'm going to put my kitty in it. Yeah. I'm like, that's just fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. She, like, um, it's like even the lyrics, she has like a, a great lyric. It's like, you keep looking at me like that. We're going to be leaving early. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just like so like evocative. Yes. Very, very good stuff. Um, but like, yeah, another song that really stood out for me on this uh, album, kind of like, in, well, there's a few. There's like, the song Losers with Trippy Red, which has like the most amazing hook. It's like it's a a direct call of like a you know mean girls. Like we're going to yes. stop and loser game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let's listen to a little bit of Losers by Rico Nasty and Trippy Red. See you trying way too hard to fit in. We going shopping loser getting. See me cooking up, I put my foot in. Try to tell them I'm as real as it gets. Don't forget. God damn hope. Give a bitch a little. yeah and i think just elsewhere it's like like you mentioned like the versatility the range mm-hmm. and like she, there's to me there's there is no song style that she does on this album that that doesn't work exactly exactly yeah um you know one the the first single from the record is a song called iphone mm-hmm. and i think when i first heard it i didn't fully appreciate it because it's i mean frankly it is a very strange song to pick as a first single um but because it's like part of what i think is like a new genre of rap music that's appeared that uh little uzi vert i think is like the sort of uh founder of you could argue or if not founder like the sort of front runner in and it's like a style that where the production and even some of the vocals to a degree is like indebted to like early 2000s like almost like rave music Hmm. um like euro euro dance rave happy hardcore jabber kind of stuff it's like very glitchy it's almost like if you know that that group like thousand gex oh yeah it's like kind of has that it's like very strange strange almost futuristic sounding like um the little Uzi album from this year to me has a lot of that style of music mm-hmm. on it. It's, it's the like Footsall Shuffle 2020. Exactly. It kind of almost sounds it's like to me it's like um 
It almost sounds like uh, uh like a Windows XP computer virus personified, <laughs> you know? Like it's like uh there's something about it. I think it's it's really honestly it's some of the most in a time where like so much of of rap music is has started to sound like paint by numbers, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh she like she is making like truly creative stuff and I Dude. iPhone is like a really creative example. You know that um is it? It's a it's a hundred gex, right? Is that no. how many gex is in it? <laughs> how many gex? It's a hundred, but you want it to be a thousand. Hundred gex has two production credits on this album. Holy shit! That's why it sounds like that. No, it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, is there a song you want to play that kind of like has this vibe? Yeah, iPhone. I think. Okay, is, let's, let's listen to iPhone, the lead single from Rico Nasty's album Nightmare Vacation. Used to wind up at my place. Can't go back to my old ways. Time is now, and I can't wait. I'm in love with a nightmare. What you looking for? I'm right here. Face the demons, though I'm not scared. I need your love, and it's now. So another one that I really like from Rico on here is a song called Own It. Um, and I don't know. It's like, it's like, there's a vibe to it. It's like dancey and it's like fun. It, it, it's almost, it's retro, but it feels updated to me. Um, and once again, just like, just speaking to um, Rico Nasty's versatility is like, this album has a lot of different flavors and a lot of different styles. Like there mm-hmm. are the Kenny Beats productions, which are like from the holdover from like the Smack of Bitch days and stuff. But like there, I don't know. She just really uh, just shows that she is somebody who can rap, sing and play in all these different styles and, and that she's found a home for it. Like to me, this album is like, is, is a, you know, a huge flag in the ground for her, her long, the, for longevity yes yeah for i sure. think she's demonstrated yeah. that she will be around because it's just at the the art of making music she is extremely gifted at it yes so let's listen to a little bit of own it by rico nasty yeah love what you see you want to deal on my shit so hot yeah i bet you catch a feel brand new crotch you want to steal i don't know who you are if i'm keeping it real holy grab the donkey yeah boy down to your feet for your homies know what i mean bitch on it on it on it on it another song that to me is just like shows like kind of growth because it's sort of taking the stuff we've we've talked about that she's done in the past and does it to sort of like an nth degree like um is a song called let it out which oh my god that yes. song you know the song it so there's there's a thing that where known as the, the there's a trope in in pop culture culture known as the angry black woman mm. and it's essentially it's this cliche black women are angry and that and it's in my opinion it is like something that's perpetuated to so essentially like through white supremacy and the, the controlling of black people's emotions mm-hmm. it is like it is causes like repression and like alienation and like it's a it's a pretty terrible trope mm-hmm. and uh you know as an acting school just as a small aside i was in one of the um women who's in my class she was kind of afraid to go like angry in some of her scenes because she didn't want it she felt like it would be a cliche of like an angry black woman and it was like no this is literally what is like required of you in the scene but like you had this internalized you know uh sort of 
self-doubt mm. about going to that place and it being sort of a valid feeling is, uh, is you know, a, a hindrance to you. Um, so, like, to me, this is like, since, like, the Khalees song, Caught Out. Yeah. Uh, this is, like, the the best, since that song came out in, like, 1998, like, the best song about, like, the justified anger of being like a black woman in, in society that, and I mean, all kinds of people can be angry, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. anger, like anger is a funny emotion that has like kind of, gets, it sometimes gets a, a bit demonized. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be angry. Don't, you know, in hip hop, there's like this thing, are you mad? You know, like yeah. you're catching feelings. You should, you should just be sort of stoic and so on. There's a whole lot of shit to be mad about. Yeah, it's true. You know? And, uh, you know, I just think she, this song has like, like a, um, really redemptive quality of like just let letting it all out. I mm-hmm. mean it's it's just like you know it's right there in the title. And I think also at the 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 last half of the song has the best like when it comes to like incorporating like the punk or like the rock elements into her music, it has mm-hmm. the best just like a real primal scream and mm-hmm. this like, repeating of like let it out and the mm-hmm. way that it like the way that the it, it uh you know coincides with the with the production is just really really excellent and yeah. it, like stand out so let's listen to uh let it out by rico nasty she don't like it but i made her a believer on my worst day i still wouldn't want to be you think i give a fuck i'm in the field you in the bleachers you gotta know your place but you a student i'm a teacher yeah we voila that's voila man you want it i got it little bitch i'm texting how you do that going 120 i might do the dash i a lot because i make it back fast i'm tired of these bitches talking to me So, I mean, for me, this album is sort of like her arrival of from going from like an interesting artist who I like checked for and generally enjoyed to being someone who I see as having like really like standout, like uh, just intentional, smart releases that like are becoming rare. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things if you listen to this podcast a lot, you've heard us lament the state of hip hop albums in 2020. To me, 2021. The, no. 2021. Yes. Uh, still writing 2020 on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, but like, you know, they're just like, there's no thought put into them. So like an art, it's like an artist goes in the studio for a while. Once they've recorded 25 songs, they put out an album. <laughs> like, that's like what yeah, happens. That's true. We know that Rico Nasty spent a lot, like a year, like in the studio working on this and, you know, was really conscious of the, like, different direction she was who she was going in and it worked it paid off mm-hmm. and that like that just bodes so well for her artistic development absolutely absolutely i hope it's a it's a big commercial success as well i hope yes. some of these songs really pop off uh just to reward you know this kind of effort yeah um yeah so all this to say i i, I would classify this as a must listen album yes i would say yeah. like no matter where you stand on the the hip-hop fandom spectrum you got to go out of your way to listen to this. Even it, if it's not your thing, you need to know about it. That's exactly how I feel. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like if you are a, a hip hop fan and you, for example, don't like Kendrick Lamar for some reason, you don't like the sound of his voice. Yeah. You still should at least have listened to all of his records at least once. Yes, it's true. You know, he's in, he's in that category. And to me, this, this Rico Nasty record is, is just a, a very particular and distinct corner of hip hop that is Im- important to know about if you're a fan of the genre. Agreed. 
So that's it, folks. Um, thank you so much for joining us in our, in our Rico Nasty episode. Um, so once again, we're just going over all of the, the important stuff for supporting the podcast. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash catchuppodcast. We really appreciate your support. We've gotten a new few subscribers in the last little bit. We appreciate you guys. We're going to keep dropping them new them benefits and the little perks for you guys. Um, and uh, t- follow us on our Instagram account, which is at Ketchup Podcast. Um, so, t- and you have any questions as, as we you know went over in the beginning of the podcast, we'll we'll answer your questions in an episode probably if you if you come through with a question. So, if you have any thoughts or feelings about hip hop that you'd like us to discuss, just hit us up. Yeah, and uh, you know. Um, if you, if you're listening and, uh, want to show a little bit more support, uh, taking a screen cap of the, of the episode, posting on Instagram stories, tag us at catch up podcast and at rattlebone at, uh, Jordan is Joso. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes our day to see those, see pe- our listeners, see our friends listening, see people we don't know listening. Yeah. Um, it's all very exciting. It's all like, it's all really nice. We want to see. thank the people that help us make this podcast. So obviously we got to give a shout out to our producer, Kyle. Our researcher Corey, great work once again, mm-hmm. um, and Caleb, who does our music. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you have uh, if you have any questions, just hit us up. Otherwise, until next week. Yeah, till next week. Uh, I hope you. I hope twenty twenty one started off on a good note for you guys. And and trust me, even if it didn't, it's all up from here. <laughs> it's true. All right, bye guys. <laughs>